Hi, I'm David Green, and welcome to episode three of season 21 of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. On the show today, I'm talking to Louis Michel, CEO at Skills Intelligence and Talent Marketplace platform, 365 Talents. It's, it's making skills the new currency for talent, uh, which is something everyone is having a, a, in, in, a, in a good HR conversations. But that's more complicated to do than, than to say, um, because the skills d- data is coming from multiple sources, in multiple languages, from multiple stakeholders. Uh, it, it's coming from the HR systems, from the business systems. We are not talking the same languages, even if we are in the same office. Uh, in the same business, in the, you know, in the same team. So there is complexity here, and that's where the AI and the technology can help you solve this complexity challenge. Throughout this episode, Louis can I discuss how skills data can be used to improve employee experience and support successful talent management. We look at how advances in AI now mean that skills can be mapped in real time, overcoming some of the complexities that organizations have struggled with in doing this previously. We also dive into how skills data can be used for internal mobility and improving employee retention. And finally, Luik shares his thoughts on the future of employee experience and how technology will support this. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Luik Michel, CEO at 365 Talents to the Digital HR Leaders podcast. It's great to have you on the on the show, Louis. Can, can you provide listeners with a brief introduction to, to you and to 365 Talents? Sure. So I am, I am Loic. I am the CEO and co-founder at 365. Um, we at 365 Talents have one mission, which is to help HR leaders in global companies have a fast, positive and sustainable impact on their employees' career. Um, and that being said, what 365 Talent is, um, basically, it's a, a talent experience platform that helps um, these companies have a better understanding of their workforce, have a better way to mobilize their workforce, and have a better way to understand and to uh, anticipate the transformation of their workforce. Um, so we provide great UX and great skills technology in the platform so that we can serve today. Uh, several hundred thousand users in 60 countries and uh, working with customers like uh, SoftGen Alliance, uh, Veolia, Bearing Point, EY, to name a few. Right. And, and it's been a bit of a, it's a, it's a story. I mean, I saw that you, you started the, the business in, in 2015 and you've just um, recently secured some Series A funding. Love to hear a little bit about the journey and, and then obviously the funding and, and what your plans are next. Yeah. We, we created the company uh, like a few years ago, indeed, with my two partners, uh, Paul and Matthew. Um, we were working in tech and consulting environments where skills is at the center of everything. Skill is the business in such uh, industries. Uh, but still, it was the business, but it was all about Excel sheets on one hand, human capital management suites on the other, no connection between, no tech between, and we thought there, there should be an answer to that. Uh, so we combined our forces. We worked on uh, the product f- first. So uh, we we were some, uh, we've got some engineering background. We wanted to have the, a very good product and good technology. And so we invested uh, 
on our R&D activities for one year and a half. And we launched the product in 2017 with our first large enterprise customers. Um, and uh, so that was uh, pretty much the, the start. Um, and then we progressively scaled the team and, and, uh, and reached our, our solution and tech with, I, I call it the North, uh, you know, the North face of the Everest, like the very large enterprise market and business. That's what we wanted to do because that's where we, we, we felt there was the, the, the biggest challenge and uh, where we could bring the more value with our background and our vision. Um, and that's, uh, that's what we've been doing since then. Um, and uh, the Series A last year was definitely here to accelerate our international go-to-market. We, uh, we have users and employees in 60 different countries uh, with our existing customers. Uh, and uh, we've got some very significant uh, references in North America, in, uh, um, in the Asia-Pacific region. And we want to invest more and more proactively in the Northern Europe geography, uh, where we have a lot of traction and interest. Well, it's such a it's such a huge huge potential market. I mean, obviously, you and your co co founders are quite visionary, actually, because skills has increasingly become a, a hotter and hotter topic, both for for HR leaders, but but actually more importantly for business leaders as well. Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the the power of of using skills data to improve talent experience today. So, so let, let's start with the skills data itself. You know, why do you consider skills data to be foundational to successful talent management? I, I could pretty much say that skill is the beginning of and the end uh, of, of this talent management um, space. Uh, why the beginning? Because everything uh, is tending to... Um, yeah, it's tending to, to the skills notion uh, itself. Uh, just let me give you one, one example. Uh, the, the most search expression, or pretty much one of the most search expression on Google for HR leaders uh, is uh, skills gap. It's 3.7 million uh, results on Google. It's even uh, ahead of uh, War for Talent, which is 1.6 million. Um, so skills gap is is one of the leading expression in their in this HR professional's mind. Um, why that? Just because it's both something which is uh, occurring now and in the future. And everyone is very aware that there is this future skills gap. You know, everyone is afraid of the future uh, because we know uh, like 85% of the jobs will be uh, new in 2030, for example. So everyone has that in mind and everyone needs to solve the skills gap. But actually, everyone has another skills gap, which is the current skills gap. Like today, uh, everyone is talking about agility, transformation, crisis, and we've been through a, a, a massive one and we are still in. But uh, so you have to know what are your skills now and how you can match the offer and demand for skills in real time. And it starts now. And then if you are good at it now, you'll be better for the future also. Uh, and then if you want to win the war for talents, you need to win battles and you can look for the skills externally or find them internally and try to develop them internally in your company in terms of talent development initiatives. Um, and um, I think this is the good angle and the good battle to fight for, because if you 
want to have impact for both your business and your employees, uh, then you have to focus your energy on your internal uh, you know, perimeter and, and uh, environment. And um, one last word on this, um, if you want to win battles, uh, you need to know yourself. That Sun Tzu, the Chinese master, would say that a couple of centuries ago. Uh, so you have to know yourself, but when you know that HR leaders pretty much only know 10% of their existing skills and capabilities in their organization, you see that there is, a, there is a challenge. So in the end, skills are the center of everything. And if you start to know yourself, uh, which is a, a great challenge, then you'll be able to reinvent the way you are dealing with your talent management initiatives and talent experience in general. Yeah, it's interesting because um, some of the previous guests we've had on the show, um, Anshul Shiapuri from, from IBM, uh, Ralph Books and Shoes from, from Zurich, you know, Using skills data, enhancing skills data is a, you know, big, big, a big challenge. But they, they see it as something that can potentially pull together silos that we've had in HR. So whether that's, that's recruitment, whether that's learning, whether that's internal mobility, which is obviously so important, you know, in terms of, you know, building your talent from within and, and helping it become mobile. And even, um, uh, you know, certainly when Anshul from IBM was talking about how they've actually moved from a kind of pay for performance to a pay for skills kind of kind of process. The skills data is kind of, and then obviously it supports your workforce planning for companies as well. You know, as you said, there's going to be a lot of new jobs coming in because of things like automation, um, certain tasks being automated, but lots of new jobs being created as well. And understanding the skills that you need uh, for those, particularly those new jobs, is, is a real challenge for organisations. And, you know, the, the skills data is at the heart of that to understand what's happening within the company, but also what's happening outside the company as well and bringing that together to support workforce planning. And, and that's essentially one of the things that you, you help do at, at 365 Talent, yeah? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, that's where the tech uh, has to, you know, has to come in place. Um, because what we want to achieve, and you, you gave this example to turn... Um, uh, turn a company into a, a skills-oriented company uh, where it can go up to the compensation plan and you know the career path and all about skills. So it's it's making skills the new currency for talent, uh, which is something everyone is having uh, uh, in in uh, in good HR conversations. But that's more complicated to do than than to say um, because. The skills data is coming from multiple sources in multiple languages from multiple stakeholders. Uh, it, it's coming from the HR systems, from the business systems. We are not talking the same languages, even if we are in the same office, uh, in the same business, in the you know in the same team. So there is complexity here, and that's where the AI and the technology can help you solve this complexity challenge. Um, and when I when I talk about AI, skills influence based on NLP models and, and these kind of things, um, and it has to work in and I insist on this in multicultural and multilingual environments. It's not good to have one talent management and skills management approach in you know in the UK and the US uh, in English and another one in Germany in German and another one in in Spain, in Spanish, or in French, in, uh, in France, in French. It has to be the same language. So there is this very tricky aspect of the skills technology that has to be solved. And that's something we are very keen on um, um, demonstrating with, uh, with our own technology because we are a European company. So we started with 
several languages already. Um, but that being said, what, what skills technology has to provide, in my opinion, something which is real time. So you have to be able to understand skills in real time. It's not once for all. It has to be adaptive, meaning that it's not one big ontology or framework of technology you can take from the outside and plug into your system and your ecosystem and your company and hope it will work because that won't work. Your company is not the other one. So it has to be adaptive. It has to adapt to your way of speaking, your way of doing your business, your way of... Uh, and it has to be, uh, I like to say, multi-layered. And I, I sum up that with three layers. It has to be uh, very precise uh, and personal enough for each individual assessment. Like any employee will have to be able to assess themselves. Uh, himself or herself in his own words, uh, with his own activities and works. And, and that's one level. The second one is it has to be good so that you can do this matching between the offer and demand dynamically for now and for tomorrow. You talk about workforce planning. So that basically, basically going to the third layer, which is it has to be sufficiently high level also so that you can make some C-level decision on your, your workforce now and how it should be transformed tomorrow. So it's adaptive, real-time, and multi-layered. That, that would be my definition. And we have great, you know, great stories about customers who, who, who pretty much uh, have very good skills, knowledge, and approaches. Um, I can name it. It'd be great for two things, though. Maybe one, what is the type of data sources where you, you, you use in EMI to kind of infer or map some of these skills? Because I think that... That will certainly help listeners. I mean, I can think of a few examples, but I'm sure you, you'll be able to name much more than me. And then actually hear some of those examples, you know, some of the companies that are re that you're able to share that, that, that are actually doing this really well. Yeah. Um, so to be concrete on the, on the sources, we basically um, connect three different sources. The first one is HR system, HR sources. That's pretty much 20% of, the global and final output, but it's it's there, and it's good to be there. And there is some a lot of thinking, a lot of investment on these. Usually, you know, in your own skills framework, in your talent management platform for your performance or succession planning processes. That's not perfect, but it's existing and good. So that's for one. Second source is business sources. Uh, so you can connect your um, project management systems, internal social network or employee experience portals, uh, your knowledge sharing environment, also your planning system for your workforce planning activities. Uh, and then you can know who is working on what in which team uh, and who is developing uh, a knowledge in any in other area. So you are an expert in sustainable energy, but you are interested in crypto cryptocurrency in you know, the social network, for example. Uh, then it's interesting to infer that you might be interested into a position with cryptocurrency analysis, for example. So that's a very simple example. But that's how you connect uh, business and HR data so that it, it, it gives your talent data more sense and, and, and it tends to be more adaptive. And we, we insist on this. Uh, so a few examples. Um, we... I know uh, in the oil and gas industry, the guys from Schumberger are working a lot on skills and they're a very skills-oriented company. Uh, and it's definitely multi-layered and adaptive because it has to be the reflection of their exact 
roles and positions and the way they are dealing with skills is multi-layered. Uh, it's for employees, it's for HR decision, it's for matching. So it's definitely that. Uh, I can mention Societe Generale, Subgen, or Veolia, very adaptive also because they are in very transformative environments. They know they have particularities in, in, their, in their business, in their organization. So they wanted to be able to map uh, in a very adaptive way all the skills and then to be sure that it's comprehensive. So it's, it's uh, adaptive and comprehensive at the same time. And in the end, uh, and that was my story about my background as a, as a consultant, companies like EY or Bearing Point, they're leveraging skills because it's real time. Uh, it's real time and they need some real time insight on their, on, uh, you know, their consultants, skills and capabilities. And they need some real time insights also on, their, on the market demand. What are my, you know, are my uh, customers or future customers currently looking after in terms of skills or capabilities? And if I know that, then I can, I can have some insights and adapt my workforce in real time also. So different examples, we show that um, uh, you, 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 need, you need to have a, a very particular skills approach uh, and it tends to be successful. So it's bringing all that data, as you said, that HR data, from various systems in HR that we use, business data, and then the third piece is the external data, as you said, so understand the, the market demand for some of these skills as well, because then you can, if you see what your competitors are doing, for example, you see what your customers are doing, and the example you gave with the UI or bearing point, then you can make sure that you're building the skills, either buying those skills in or building those skills through, through, through training and everything. So, And actually, there is one that I missed because it's so big that I missed it, but it's the, the crowdsource data. Uh, you know, you can empower and enable your employees and your different stakeholders internally, managers, HR, HR leaders, uh, C-level. And if you crowdsource data dynamically uh, in an intuitive mode, then you'll be able to generate a lot of, uh, a lot of intelligence. And that's, that's definitely the, a, a, key, that's a, a key source of any information. So you have to be able to grab this information. And, and that's not as easy as it seems because... You know, uh, UX is complicated. It's a whole area of our research and development. But if you want to help anyone feel information and feel at ease by providing information and data, you have to create a, a particular, you know, um, experience and a, a profile. How, how do I engage on my profile? How do I assess myself? How do I, how do I update this information? And uh, Many, many aspects that are really tech-driven and UX-driven uh, driven there, but that, that's key. That's key in the sourcing of the data also. And I guess, as you said, that's another one of the challenges. You're bringing data in from a number of different sources, some data that's already located in systems, some data you might be crowdsourcing, external data. And then, as you said, you've got to make that data adaptable for employees so they can use the, the data to, I don't know, to support learning or mobility. Um, for for managers, so they understand where they are and, and what they've got in terms of to be able to deliver now, but also to be able to deliver in the near future. And then, as you said, senior leaders, so they can make decisions as well. That those decisions could even be things around mergers and acquisitions, for example. When we come back in just a moment, Louis and I discuss the opportunities for using skills data for internal mobility and how that acts as a catalyst for improving talent experience. This series of the Digital HR Leaders podcast is sponsored by 365 Talents. 
365 Talents is a talent management platform that uses artificial intelligence to increase internal mobility, engage your employees, and prepare for the future. Is 2022 the year you are looking to transform your workforce? Are you ready to become a boardroom rock star? If you are looking for better skills, better careers, and better business, look no further. 365 Talents is already transforming HR at companies such as EY, Alliance, and Bearing Point. Want to know how? Follow our journey and learn how improving talent experience will boost your business outcomes at 365talents.com. That's 365talents.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast with Louis Michel. Now, back to the conversation. So one of the key use cases for skills data is internal mobility, which I know is something you, you support at 365 Talents. Can, can you explain for our listeners the power of internal mobility for, for improving talent experience? Yeah, sure. Um, talent mobility, I think, is the, is the art of uh, talent experience and engagement because it solves pretty much all the skills gaps challenges that we've just described. Um, it solves the current skills gaps. You match offer and demand in real time. Like uh, So you make uh, one uh, very capable employee move from one position to another. So you solve your challenge now. But actually, it solves your future challenge also. Because by doing that, um, you provide a new opportunity for this employee in particular. And you, uh, I don't know if the term is good, but you disseminates uh, his or her capability and his or her agility in a new environment. So, you know, it goes one step uh, after another, but then, so it's preparing your company for the next phases where you, 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 you need to have a more adaptive and a more agile uh, organization also. So it solves your challenge now. Uh, it solves your challenge for tomorrow. So it's good for the employee directly, so it's definitely the talent experience which is enriched and it will provide more uh, engagement uh, in the end. And it's good for your company because you are leveraging your skills and capabilities in one uh, environment into another one and it prepares your company for such moves in the future also. So I think it's definitely a good... Uh, I think as you say, I mean, it, you know, clearly if you give employees mobility options, it supports engagement supports retention, it helps you close gaps as an organization. And, and of course, one of the challenges that, that we have when we're, when we're looking at employee data is, is you know, the, the topic around ethics and privacy. And obviously, you know, I know as a French-based organization, you'll, you'll know that well with, with works councils, with privacy, et cetera. And of course, if we can provide benefit to employees, there's clear benefit to employees by providing them with opportunities to develop their career, talent experiences, as you call it, it's a really good way of, of, of using that data and creating value for, for employees. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'd love to hear some examples around how, um, you know, of, of examples of how skills data um, can lead to better uh, employee engagement and retention. You know, if, if you've got any examples you can share, I think that always brings it to life for our listeners, I think. Yeah. Um, I can share two stories of customers who started as, you know, with a skills data approach and then turned 
progressively into talent-first or skills-first organizations. Um, I can mention Alliance, you know, the insurance uh, global leader. Um, we started working with, with this company with a, a very skills-oriented approach, and, and that was pretty much my pitch. I think I remember when I talked to them for the first time, I said, you need a Google of your skills, which was a weird, a weird pitch, but like you don't know where they are and you don't know what they are. So uh, let's start with this. And they were all in for that. And then they make them move progressively and it started from skills, then mobility. The platform is providing very good results, like 30% in internal mobility in some different regions or, or businesses. Um, and then they are thinking about next steps in terms of talent experience also around uh, mentorships like mentors and mentees and, and different things around dynamic career paths. And so it's the whole process, but they started from skills. And so they are skills first. They turn to be skills first, and it's their journey. Uh, I can mention so Société Générale also, SouthGen, uh, so the, the, global, uh, the global bank with 140,000 employees in the world. Um, they started exactly the same way with skills. They wanted to know more about their skills, then mobility, then the global experience. So it started from skills, and that's foundational. You start from there, you know you'll be... Uh, reinventing your talent experience in the end because you are turning the whole process uh, upside down and uh, it's very innovative in one in one sense and it transforms all your your, your talent experience and talent development initiatives from from the root and and uh, so that's very I think that's very significant examples and I think the other thing around mobility it supports is if I don't know if you want to bring a project team together, maybe from, especially if you look at Society Generale or Alliance, you know, big, or big companies in multiple countries, you know, maybe that project's, uh, I don't know, six to nine months work. Um, maybe you want to pull people in with specific skills that might only be a day a week or two days a week. And these sorts of platforms can help you to do that quite quickly in, in, in real time and pull together that team quite quickly. You know, they might be spending three or four days doing other things, you know, within the organization, but you can pull that project together. And I guess that's that's the power of some of this technology, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Actually, when we talk about internal mobility, it's uh, it's not uh, only one thing. This mobility can be short, medium, long term. Uh, it can be, yeah, so it can be full-time, part-time. And if you combine all these different ways of dealing with internal mobility, then you provide a very rich and personalized uh, talent experience, definitely. And of course, you know, I don't know, we've just, we're still in the pandemic, but certainly over the last two years, I mean, I know organizations where having these sort of technology in place, it's helped them redeploy talent from, from one business unit that maybe is in lower demand because of the pandemic, perhaps, to other business units that are in much higher demand because of the pandemic. And I guess, you know, banking would, I guess, would be a good example of that, where you've got customer facing staff and suddenly they're not seeing customers physically now, but they are seeing customers digitally or, or, or via the phone. Yeah, exactly. And we we, don't, we can talk about examples in the you know in the energy sectors uh, also, where it's all about transformation, transformation of their business because they will be hundred percent renewable energy oriented in ten years from now. So they have to, you know, they have to switch to their whole workforce and their whole model. Um, and you can do that by planning and you know imagining what you should be doing, but you can start now and just mix the capabilities of your different entities. And in some cases, you can even have some uh, you know uh, 
major and, and, and uh, uh, acquisition and new dynamics in the company, you have to be able to mix all these capabilities. Right now, it's not like in two years from now, and the pandemics brought us exactly this, the need for, you know, the, the need for speed. You need to do it now. You don't have to wait until you, you know, your full talent management roadmap is defined and your full HR tech, uh, you know, um, strategy is defined and rolled out. You, you need to implement something faster. So, so let's turn to, to talent experience more broadly. You know, why should organizations be laser focused on, on talent experience moving forwards? I mean, I guess we've all been hearing about the great resignation. So I guess that's one thing, but I'd love to hear, have to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's definitely one uh, aspect and one challenge that the talent experience is solving because uh, you provide more, um, I would say, it's more interest in the job. Uh, and, you know, if you don't, if you just invest on your jobs, um, uh, I like to say the conditions of the jobs, like the, the office and the time. So it's all going hybrid and you can work remotely. That's very good. And I think large employers in the world that in mind now so they are fully hybrid and it works well but if you only focus on this it's pretty much i would say employee experience so it's just like your everyday activities and admin stuff and your conditions it's good but definitely not enough you have to invest on the mission so what why i'm here why i am doing and actually i'm not even going to the office so if i don't know why i'm there and what could be the different missions i can have in the company now and later on uh, I, I, I will move in, in two months or, or one year. Um, so if you provide some uh, very personalized approach uh, and personalized career development opportunities, 100% personalized uh, approaches and opportunities, then I think you, you definitely can engage these, these people more, even in complex and hybrid modes like today. Um, and... Uh, I like to say also that from a, a business standpoint, when you provide this great talent experience, then you 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 get some great uh, talent engagement and engagement and great probably talent data and insights, and then you can build some great talent intelligence also. So from talent experience to talent intelligence, there is a very logic process, and with talent intelligence, you can work on your strategic workforce planning. Imagine how your company will be transforming in the coming years um, and uh, if you don't have this very precise information and, and, and data and insights because you don't have a good talent experience generating this data and insights then I think you won't be that good in, in taking good decisions and so I think it's, it's fundamental that you have this talent experience both for you as an HR leader and, and to provide more impact to your employees um, and it, uh, I think uh, it, talent experience brings everything. Uh, uh, and an HR professional is looking after more engagement, more agility for sure for the business, more diversity in the workplace also because all about mobility and skills oriented and skills first um, is is driving into this direction, and it provides more impact and business outcomes for both the employees uh, and for the company. So. It's, it's definitely an area of investment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and you talked a little bit uh, there about personalization. And, you know, if we think about our experience as, as customers, you know, Netflix, Amazon being the most obvious ones, you know, we get served up recommendations 
based on what we bought, what we've what we've been searching for before. And you know, I, I think I've, I read somewhere a few years ago now, so I don't know if it's still true, but thirty percent of Amazon's revenue comes through its recommendation engine, which is pretty significant when you think about Amazon's revenue. Um, but but you know, we talked a little bit about this today, but I'd love to hear sort of bring it together is, is one answer really. How how can skills data help to personalize the, the talent experience? Um, that's definitely by providing this, you know, this common language uh, on one hand and providing a, a, a single point of entry for all the different opportunities that the company can give you. Um, so if you have the skills data and talent data, which is very dynamic and adaptive and real-time and, and multi-layered, then it can fuel your different activities and processes and in particular, all the recommendations, the suggestions you can make to, to the employees. Um, so by talking the same in single language, uh, you are able to provide this full personalization and it's going to be multi-layered, as we say. So it's going to be uh, adapt, adapted to your own job and skills architecture on one hand. Then it will be adaptive also with uh, and adaptable with uh, this new skills framework that is crowdsourced. And so it's not going to be one global and only approach for these jobs or, or these positions, it's going to be very much more personalized. Um, and that's, that's AI-driven also, where you can infer some things and you can integrate different criteria in your matching algorithm also. Um, but the basis, the essence of it is definitely skills, skills data. I suppose it's, if you think about it, the better the quality of the data you've got and your understanding then of what you need from an organizational perspective, you know, you can drive personalization around learning, around, as you said earlier, mentors, mentorships, um, mobility, you know, projects that you might want to get involved in. Um, you know, again, you can actually get to the point where, I think, as you said earlier, you can help people understand the value of their skills within the organization, which is, and, and the, I don't know, I've got skills one to five. So because I've got skills one to five, our data tells, tells us that it will be quite easy for you to acquire skills six to seven. And if you do that, it opens up these career opportunities for you and, you know, these sort of salaries and, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's all it, that personalization piece is, is, is so important, isn't it? But it's not easy because you need good data to, to do that. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. If you're looking to continue your learning journey, head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the MyHR Future Academy. It's a learning experience platform supporting HR professionals to become more data-driven, more business-focused, and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you'll see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys guide you every step of the way, helping you to close your skills gaps, deepen your knowledge, and press play on your career. Now, let's go back to the conversation with Luik as he shares his advice on how organizations can get started with looking at skills data and how technology can support them when focusing on talent experience. What advice would you give to organizations that are looking to improve talent experience or, or, or maybe looking to better, well, the first question that you had, understanding what skills have you got and, and, and what are the gaps and, and then how you can use that skills gap. You know, where, where should organizations get started? Um, I think starting with skills is always a good start. 
and we talked about this, these different customer stories, like they wanted to turn into talent first companies and, and they started with skills. And that's, I would say that's an easy step to do, uh, even if it's not intuitive because everyone thinks, oh, okay, we want to talk about skills management and projects so we have to work in-house with probably consultancy or whatever, but for six months or nine months and then build our job and skills architecture. And then we'll be able to rethink our global talent management approaches. And it will take us 36 months in the end. I, 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 would, I would suggest you, you, don't, you don't have time to, you know, to wait until 36 months before implementing something new in terms of talent experience. Because of all the acceleration we've just discussed, this transformation, this crisis, uh, so you cannot say, okay, we'll, there's a great resignation. Okay, it's, it, it, it won't have impact on me uh, this year or next year. That's not true because it's, it's exactly now. So you have, to, you have to implement new stuff. And, so, and it has to be implemented in like weeks instead of years. So there's a new standard that has to be set. Uh, and uh, at 365 Talents, we invest on this standard so that we help HR leaders have a very fast impact on their employees and talent experience. And fast is uh, from four to eight weeks of implementation, not, not more because it's tech-driven. There's a good implementation framework, good integration into the HR and workforce ecosystem. So basically, it's, a, uh, it's something... That, that has to that has to be started now, and that would be my recommendation. Don't wait. <laughs> and that's probably that's probably the difference, isn't it, from when you started the company to, to now? You know, technology platforms like Three Six Five Talents are there in place, so you can do this relatively quickly because you have the data in your HR systems, you have your data in your business systems. There is external data out there. You just need to pull pull it together to get that to get that understanding. And you can do that, as you said, relatively relatively quickly now. Whereas Six or seven years ago, you've had to go and ask your employees what skills they've got. Yeah. And A, that takes a long time. B, you, you question how valid it is. And then C, it's not real time, is it? Because yeah. once you've asked the question, it's, it's out of date. So. Exactly. And, and actually, you have, you've got new technologies uh, you know, serving this whole goal uh, of assessment and validation and certifications of skills. So it, it, it sounds a bit weird, but we are talking about blockchain <laughs> You know, to validate skills and crowdsource skills information, and that's interesting. I, I don't think a, a, any company in in the market today, any HR leader, is mature enough to implement that. But that's enriching the vision we can have about skills. Um, and definitely, a couple of years ago, companies needed to digitalize their talent management processes. They invested in, in very good tools, in you know, talent management platforms, uh, which are very HR-oriented and good for all the different processes, performance, succession, and compensation, and recruitment, learning. Uh, but I think it's now time to invest in the talent experience, and you, you don't have time to re, like, re-implement something that will take you two years. Uh, it's, it's an easy step, so that would be it. That would be my recommendation. Just nicely to, to the final question, Louis, and this is this is one we're asking everyone on this series. You know, it's a slightly broader topic, I guess, but what is the role of technology? I think you're very good to answer this. What is the role of technology in, in supporting employee experience? Yeah, uh, I think I can definitely say that skills technology is at the center of it. Uh, and 
we've spent a very a, a very good time uh, having a conversation on this exact subject. Um, then, if your skills technology is able to provide you some matching of the offer and demand of skills in real time, then it it brings you some more mobility and agility. So that's a, a very good level also. And and then, as I said. Technology brings new talent experience in a way faster, you know, way faster than it used to, than you used to think about it. Um, so in a few weeks, you can have a new talent experience in place and it will generate you some new data and data will bring you some new intelligence. So you, you make better decisions in the end. So it's tech driven, definitely. And if you make better decisions, then you'll be able to enrich even more your talent experience and your employee experience. So that's a very... Uh, virtuous circle. Um, so I think, and I, I, I haven't been talking about the, you know, the blockchain validation of skills, which is another topic and another, another technology that we could be discussing in, in the future. But so technology is everywhere in the skills and talent experience world. So in a way, really, you've got, you've, you've got your business strategy, you've got your people strategy, um, and you understand, you know, the gaps having the skills data helps you understand the gaps and what you need to do to close those gaps potentially. What technology helps that help to do is, is kind of bring that to life and, 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 and make it agile, make it make it easy, um, help support decisions, yeah. help employees, um, you know, with personalized recommendations about related to their career. So the technology kind of is the glue that brings it all together. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Louis, it's been a fascinating conversation. Um, I've re- really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for, for being on the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Can you, can you let listeners know how they can stay in touch with you, follow you on social media, uh, and find out more about 365 Talents? You can definitely uh, use my email, loic.michelmichel at 365talents.com. Uh, you can ping me on LinkedIn also, and uh, you can grab a lot of information in our resources or customer stories pages on our website at 365talents.com. Um, and we are, um, we'll be presenting different shows uh, in different regions of the world in the coming weeks, so we'll, we'll have a chance to meet <laughs> in the... Yeah, and, and, and isn't it going to be good? Hopefully 2022 is a year we get back to face-to-face um, yeah, so. conferences. Um, yeah. it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be good. Uh, there are lots of Lots of exciting uh, technologies and stories to, to, to for us all to catch up from in the in the HR in the HR sphere. Louis, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy listening, please do rate the show with five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and share it with your friends and colleagues via social media. We rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make the podcast. For more from us at Insight222, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter too by going to myhrfuture.com. We'll be back next week for episode four of series 21. Well, I'll be joined by Charlie Johnston, Chief People Officer at Mambu. Until then, stay safe, stay well and take care.